0: Welcome back to the Blackwater Podcast. You're listening to episode 27. Today's guest is Stefan Tapalatu. Stefan is a true legend within ITF Taekwondo. He is a two times world champion, a two times European champion, and a two times king of Taekwondo. He also fought in many other martial arts like kickboxing and MMA. Stefan runs a successful club in his hometown in Holland, and he is also an ITF Netherlands national team coach. He is also the dragon half of the Dragon Warrior Tour, along with Master Johan de Silva. I really enjoyed this chat with Stefan. He shares a lot of good stories that include a lot of names that sometimes go forgotten over time. As always, make sure to like, share and subscribe. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to let me know through social media. So let's get into it. So what's up, Mr. Tapaladu? How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. As we just said before, I hit record, missing training, missing missing teaching. Um, But hopefully we're getting closer to when we can go back doing that again
1: yeah here in uh, in holland uh, we are in the north we are uh, luckily that didn't hit us too hard uh comparing to the south of uh, holland and of course um, uh my uh, our gym is close by my house so when i do the online training i will go up there set stuff, set stuff up like you do <laughs> and uh and uh, put on my uh put on my gear and then uh, training and uh, that keeps me uh keeps me quite fit if you do a lot of um, online training almost every day almost every day and then sometimes two times a day so uh, for me it's a, it's a new start also to work out a little bit more than normally you only do training but already, uh, teaching training but uh, now train also so uh, for me yeah getting in shape a, a little bit better same as my friend uh, Tim Cole uh, yeah he, he said also everything good from this is that you get in shape but who do you show your corona body to? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. So it's all, all, uh, all is uh, going online. So uh, I train a little bit uh, in the gym. So uh, that that's it for now.
0: What has the response been like from from your members? Have you got a good response to the online classes?
1: Uh, it's it's difficult then eh, because uh, I will do the online classes sometimes at six, sometimes at seven, and uh, it's not it's it's um. During this corona, corona crisis, everybody's got a different kind of uh, of uh, structure in the households. Kids are at yeah. home, people are not working are working, coming back and have dinner together. So uh, the most of the the classes I will run is um, the kids from four o'clock, and then up to the to the seniors till seven on a Wednesday. But uh, on uh, on other days it's just from six till seven. I do the kickbox kickbox classes or the taekwondo classes. So. Um, it, 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 it differs with, uh, with the people attending, but uh, the reactions are good because uh, you will see the kids are happy to do happy to practice Taekwondo again, and uh, after a while, you know they, forgot, they forget also things, so it's also also good that, they, uh, that you remember of the, the stances, the, the, the pronouncements in Korean and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you want to keep some engagement, and not when you, not when you get back to, to properly teaching that you're starting from scratch again. You want to kind of keep some <laughs> bit of some bit of knowledge. I,
1: I, I don't, I, I think they don't want to, to start with stress again, so they got all stress again to go to trainings. But now the kids are doing good. The seniors, juniors, are doing good. So I'm, uh, I'm a happy sabu.
0: Nice. So, um, we we'll go uh, we we'll go right back. You think? Uh, how did you actually get started in uh, started in taekwondo and, and martial arts?
1: Um, uh, before we, I started martial arts, I was I was uh, doing uh, gymnastics. So like my uh, my uh, my niece Tyra, and Tiara also started, uh, and also my my sister Bianca started with uh, with gymnastics. So that was a good solid uh, solid start for uh, the martial arts. And then um, I have to go back way back, man. <laughs> it's like 1980. I started with uh, with taekwondo. I was uh, like uh, eight years old, something like that. Uh, my my uh, my dad was uh, training that time at uh, Grandmaster Boss, Grandmaster Boss's uh, school, and uh, I was always uh, walking up and down the stairs and was looking and training. Then uh, Grandmaster Boss said, uh, "Isn't time that you go come and train?" Well, so I said, "Maybe." I do gymnastics. I said I was happy, you know. And then after a few times, he asked again. Then I asked my father, "Can I train?" You know. And before I was. Before that, uh, Grandmaster Boss and my father trained uh, with uh, with uh, with a teacher uh, named Saifir. Uh, they trained together over there, and uh, I was like five, five or six years old. Was my first taekwondo class there. Well, I liked it. Then two years later, uh, I joined uh, with uh, with uh, with my father. Of my father already joined Grandmaster Boss. I joined the kids classes with Grandmaster Boss. At that time, my father was also a teacher over there from the kids classes. So eight years old, nineteen eighty started back. So
0: it runs through it runs through the family.
1: Yeah, it runs through the family, and uh, my sister joined later, and my cousins also. So at the end, we were a lot of uh, tapilatos doing taekwondo, and uh, obviously as you know, obviously you know, uh, Grandmaster was uh, left for uh, Italy, and that time my father uh, put up his own school, and from there we did, uh, yeah. Uh, the, of course, uh, my father was uh, uh, the national coach of the Dutch team. Uh, from there, we did also the WTF. He coached us through the WTF in the late 80s, early 90s. He said, Oh, let's try this," and then uh, we did pretty good. We uh, we got into the national team of uh, WTF. Also, uh, my cousin Jingo got to uh, third place on the World Championships in Athens in 91, and I became, I came into the finals and lost from Korea and. Uh, in '91, uh, from uh, with the WTF. So, for us, we did, uh, that time we did very really good. Uh, we did a lot of, uh, we, we did a lot of uh, 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 competition that time. I already had an interview before, and I told that also, in that time we trained, we had every weekend, we could choose between, or all-style tournaments, just like WACO, or we did uh, ITF Taekwondo, or we did WTF, just WT Taekwondo. So every weekend for I don't know, from from we were sixteen, seventeen till till almost with the when I stopped, we had every weekend we can do a tournament. So for us we, we sparred with karate kung fu uh Penchak Silat um uh that kind of stuff into uh the the late nineties. And in the late nineties I transferred to uh kickboxing and MMA.
0: Yeah, and do you think that uh, like that that helped you kind of your career to be fight, to be fighting so often that it wasn't so so, so so many big gaps between when you got to step into the ring. You're in the ring, like you said, pretty much or could be in the ring pretty much every week.
1: Yeah, that uh, that was just a big advantage for us because uh, at that time we also knew that uh, if you ha- you knew you know now if you have a very uh, <coughs> a very <coughs> of a lot of competition, you stay sharp. And also when you have a lot of competition, you can test a lot of things. You know, we do in training a lot of things. My father is well known about his uh, structure of fighting. We did all, he, he made a system of fighting. We fought in the early, early 80s and 90s. We did a lot of that. And uh, we could test a lot of things, you know. We could test uh, the WT into the WACO system or the, or the, or the old style system. And we put our ITF into the WT system and that kind of things you can work on. You know you can you can test and then you can obviously you can see what what is working and what is not. and that made us uh, that was a big advantage for us that we had every weekend we had so many uh, competition that we could test so many things that we could put on when we go to nationals or Europeans or worlds, we could implement that very fast and very easy, you know and it stay sharp. you know you you, you you of course know when you have a lot of competition, when you go to euros or worlds or World Cups or whatever. You're sharp, you know. You don't have to uh, make a big, uh, I say, uh, a training before. Yeah, you know? yeah. Normally, yeah, what... have six weeks preparation. That's what I was looking for. You didn't. Do you don't. You don't need a lot of preparation. You just need to be sharpened, and that's all.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it gives you a chance compete, test your skills, train during the week, and then test it again. You kind of have that constantly yeah. testing it. Whereas if you only compete every couple of months, then like. It's a long time before you get, get to test your training. What is what you've worked on in the training has it worked? Whereas if you're tra- yeah. competing regularly, you get to, to test. Have you improved? Have what you were working on? Is it is it actually? Are you actually improving it?
1: Yeah, but uh, you know we had also big advantage. You know we had a big squad in our school. We we had we at least we had uh, ten fighters in our school who did who were on national, European, or world level. So when you when you test things in the gym, and you test them into the into a competition, we always had good fights in the club. You know, it was also yeah. on high level sparring in the club. So when you come to competition, people thought, "Oh shit, those guys again." But we did what we did was not not nothing nothing anymore that we did that we did in the gym, in our classes. So. You know, for us, it was just another day at the job, something like that. You know, we yeah. spar. We did on the on the competition. We spar the same in the club. It was same as hard as it was. It was same bloody as always. It's same in the in the in the competition. So for us, it was quite like okay, it's it's another sparring day. You know, it's not about the competition. So the pressure to win, there was no pressure to win. You know, there was only a lot of um, a lot of fun. You know. A lot of fun to fight, a lot of fun with everybody, you know, inside, outside the ring. It was, uh, it was just having a good time. That's, that was it all about.
0: Yeah. And so you kind of had the same environment in the club as maybe, like, I know over here in Ireland, what the, the kind of squad sessions provide where you get the best people and success breeds success and iron sharpens iron, that kind of thing. You had that kind of environment every day in the club.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we trained. Uh, it's, it's not that we trained every day. You know, we had uh we had uh for example, we had uh uh three times a week we had a. Uh, had just normal taekwondo classes, you know. But the rest of the week were all we just uh, had the special trainings like we were running or we're doing weightlifting or whatever. That time already, yeah, it was uh, in the early no late yeah, early nineties, late late eighties before I became uh for the first time world champion. We all we already did a lot of weight training that time, you know. Special days with uh, interval trainings and uh, and uh, running trainings, my father already did that at that time, you know, so it was not only training taekwondo but it was also outside we were training a lot of different kind of things even even football we played as preparation
0: yeah, something different, something different yeah yeah and but, then, but all with reason and what would your like you say what would your dad's your father's background have been then? Like where did he develop the knowledge for the strength training, the interval training? Was that just something he kind of researched and studied himself? Or?
1: Yeah, he did. A, he, he almost did all his research. No, he did all his research by himself, you know? And uh, um, even before uh, we went to the first World Championship, was 1990 Canada-Montreal, he uh, did a massage course for himself. So he could uh, 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 massage uh, me, uh, my sister, and my two cousins. Because he knew if you train that much, you also need a good, uh, um, uh, uh, how you say? You have to take good care of your body also. You know, you bovery. can always train as good hard as you want. Well, but if you don't care, take good care of your body, it will stop one day. It will stop one time. Then he said, it's enough. And uh, he took uh, very good care of us by doing that. And also uh, uh, reading into uh, uh, fitness, uh, getting some people. Uh, my, uh, my aunt was that time a fitness instructor. He asked her and she helped us with it uh, With that, uh, at that time.
0: And just even go back, like you said, you started with gymnastics. Do you feel like it gave you a very good base to step into taekwondo and martial arts? Because you even see people like, I suppose, uh, George St-Pierre and has took up gymnastics in his career to help prolong and give him a good set. Do you think gymnastics really helped you at the start before we're getting into martial arts? Uh,
1: yes, I think so. Because uh, I can speak from... Uh, 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 for myself, that I that time I did gymnastics, it developed my uh, skills of um, I say movement very much, and that's that make that made a that made a, a whole big difference. Yeah, and so would you have competed? Were you always a, a a sparer or a
0: fighter, or would you have done some patterns along the way in competition?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had a I had a interview uh, last week. Yeah, last week, with, uh, Master McPhil from New Zealand, and uh, he asked me the same question. He said, um, "I heard that you were once uh, second at European Championships uh, with patterns. I lost from Suska in the finals. It was third degree <laughs> that time, so that was not bad, huh?" It no, no, So that was so that was in no, Richona. No. Uh, so uh, so it, it was on the European Championships. Um, yeah, um, also, also that my father be, uh, asked from us if you are in the national team. You have to do patterns. You have to do breaking. You have to do special techniques. Uh, everything. Team pa- team pattern. Team sparring. Everything. You know. So um, uh, we we grew up by doing that. So uh, we developed also some skills in uh, in uh, in the patterns. And in 1990, on the World Championships, I became world champion sparring, and I had bronze with special techniques. So also. Oh, so. Yeah. You Good can mix. say. He's, 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 he's a little bit all round. And so
0: so was um, when was the first time you competed then at that at that level like world championships, European championships. When did you first start to compete at that high level?
1: Uh, which year you were born? Me, nineteen ninety five. Ninety five. The first time I was on uh, on the international level was uh, with the W T at eighty six European Championships in Turkey. That was my first international, big international uh, 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 competition. It was, I was junior at that time. Um, and for the ITF, you were in 1990, Davos, Switzerland, the European Championships. I became European champion. And that same same year, 1990, was also the World Championships in Canada. That was the, really the first time. No, now I'm lying. 1988 or 89 was Pyongyang, North Korea the World uh, Festival Youth and Students, There was in North Korea, it was 88 or 89. So, from 86, 89, 90. <laughs> so 10 <laughs> years before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me uh, old then,
0: huh? Eh? Yeah, so you were, you, you, but you got into being fairly, you, got, you were successful pretty much straight away at that level though, by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, because um, uh, uh, in, um, in Holland, in the Netherlands, we had a big uh, federation, with quite, no, I could not quite. We all had good fighters. You can imagine if there were juniors, uh, youth, uh, uh, seniors, it was all good. It was all high level, you know. And th- that high level that we could just jump into European or World Championships. That high level was in, in Holland. So um, that was also uh, 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 lucky for us that we had a, such good competition in in uh, in the Netherlands itself. Yeah, and you,
0: even, even with it sounds, you've got to go to to some nice places
1: there, you know, Montreal. And, ah, uh, yeah, if you, uh, yeah, you know, at the time when we did in the uh, uh, late 80s, early 90s, there were a lot of opens, open tournaments also. You know, you, you can go to uh, the one of the nicest and the biggest one was also uh, uh open Slovenia. Uh, we, we had a uh, Belgium, we had a big, big tournament where, where uh, at the time, also a lot of Russian countries came. You know, uh, of course, all the Europeans and uh, and World Championships, you travel a lot, you know, and uh, the, the places you always remember where are crazy things happen. You know, we were twice in Pyongyang. If you've never been to a place like uh, where there's communism, you cannot understand nothing about it, okay? A few years ago, I was in Moscow. It was the same, but Moscow is a little bit now modern. But when you go to Pyongyang, what you see on television, it's real. It's real. People like that like that. You know, it was like, we were, we were flabbergasted when we were there. You know, people respect their leader that much. It's uh, Is it respect? They adore. Almost they adore. You know? Or, fi- or fear. Is... No. <laughs> I cannot say it's fear. If you, if you don't know, uh, if you brought up like that, if they like, uh, they like, some people have a religion. They have their leader. So, okay. your religion, you don't fear your religion. You adore or you love your religion. They have the same with their leader. But if you were not there, you cannot imagine how it is, you know. But uh, people who will listen to your podcast and who were in Pyongyang at that time or later or whatever, they will say, you're right. You know, you, that, that's the most uh, incredible things in my, in my journey of Taekwondo was Pyongyang. Just to see how the people live over there
0: awesome so then who would have been your kind of the, the, your main rivals around that time who would have been the top competitors along with you around at the early kind of stages when you were on the fighting at that level uh
1: in my weight class
0: yeah in your weight class or maybe even other weight classes who would have been the other top names ah, around that okay. time because i feel sometimes these kind of people these names maybe sometimes get forgotten as time goes on so maybe if you could run behind us maybe of or remind me anyway of who would have been the other top people around that time.
1: Uh, now, you know, in my, in my weight class, um, I, in the early 80s, to, towards the 90s, I fought a lot of uh, no, early, 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 early 90s. I started to fight with uh, Tomáš a little bit more. Um, uh, we did a lot of sparring before, but there was no, never footage of. You know, there was no YouTube or, or Instagram or whatever. But we fought a lot of bouts, not only on World Championships or European Championships. People know that. You know, but yeah. we fought a lot of open championships before that. Also, um, Thomas and I—I I think I can say for the rest because Thomas—I stopped for a while. I think I stopped for ten years and then I came back uh, to not to compete, but uh, to coach. And that time, Thomas, of course, did a lot of sparring and did a lot of uh, good marketing for for uh, for himself. And people know him, and people know about us that we already competed early early nineties of late eighties till two thousand. You know, we were the two in the in the light division who would dominate. And I don't think that's that's much often that two people dominate uh, weight class that long. Nowadays, we have, of course, Timothy and uh, Julio. You, know, you can you can uh, compare it a little bit the same. Uh, that time also, uh, before I stepped in, was Dennis de Rivera from Puerto Rico. He was, that time, when my father also fought in the Dutch team, he was that time world champion sparring world champion, patterns, and he was with world champion uh, special techniques. And I don't know if many people know that, you know, and uh, he was at that time uh, a big guy uh, from, uh, from uh, uh, Puerto Rico. I just posted a small video on Instagram from the Morangbong Cup in Tokyo and that, that's also he, he uh, competes there and also at that time Paul Jermaine to 70 kilos was a big, big name. He was one of the people I saw the first one uh, it was on a videotape. I saw him. I thought he's incredible, mm-hmm. and we tried to do things like 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 that. It was 87, seven eighty87 on Glasgow Hall, world championships, I think it was mm-hmm. where the Dutch team became world champion. Uh, Grandmaster Boss was that time the coach of the team. those guys they they did a lot of uh, a lot of if you want to really go back, the heavyweights with of course with Hank Meyer, uh Master Dimitris from Greece. Was a big man, and what I mean with big man is almost two meters, huh? <laughs> that, big. <laughs> that big man, nah, yeah. and of course, uh, my father at that time. Um, uh, what we who we have more, yeah, the Pierre Gennett at the time, also when we fought, uh, Ricardo Master Ricardo Rairo, he was world champion, Hernan Sister Nas, um. Uh, so I can say a lot, a lot of more names that time was, uh, you know, guys from Greece uh, were good. You know, we t- totally different uh, countries were on uh, on a high level than you see now.
0: Yeah, I see, like you said, I think people like like Paul Germain and that sometimes do get forgotten by some of the, the younger people coming through. But like people who were there, like like some OGs of the sport, like who would have been at the top of the game and yeah. ahead, maybe, maybe ahead of their time and some of the techniques they were throwing at that time. But like uh, I okay, can be good to sometimes remember them and see where the sport came from.
1: Yeah, that's why I posted uh, last week. I posted a, a small clip also from the Morimono Cup, and the Morimono Cup was a was a was a competition in Tokyo. It started like just only for the Japanese guys, um, and then they they try what well, they do good like the K one. They invited all the champions, world champions, to fight with the Japanese guys, and of course. Um, from Japan, they were also good lightweights. Like Park Cho Young, was very good. He came into fight, and of course, my good friend also Wang Su. You know, Wang Su is one of the guys I lost from the World Championships in '92 in uh, in Pyongyang in North Korea. I became second; he became first. He was also one of the guys who was very talented, and also very very nice guy, but also also very talented. And uh, he was the guy. I don't know if you noticed for the PlayStation, the Tekken Three. There's a there's him? a there's a there's a there's a there's a how do you say there's an avatar named Worang, uh, Wo and yeah. he was the man from Worang. He 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 showed me a book where he put all the all the stickers and they make all the techniques like the Nario Chucky came from him, came from Wangsu. That's why his name is Worang on uh, on uh, on the PlayStation from Tekken 3.
0: That's right. that's uh, that's class. That's a uh,
1: yeah well, that that a lot of people well, don't know. You know? Yeah, I didn't know
0: so you know, you, you fill me in on something there so that's nice about you. something that would be nice to say if you were you were in a video game that would be nice to say wouldn't
1: it yeah it would be nice to say but nowadays you know you have video games uh, uh, uh fighters uh, in uh, in movies and that kind of stuff you know i was born too early to do all those things so <laughs> for me just now be coaching is okay and one thing i always think
0: i think it's always a i think it's one of the the coolest titles to kind of ha- hold in uh, taekwondo obviously uh, yourself and thomas uh, both have it it's a uh, the, the king of taekwondo and yeah. could, could you let me f- what, what what's the story what's the kind of situation with that tournament what was that tournament because that, well, that's, you know, uh, that's just what
1: just... i what that's what i posted that's the morang cup it's the king okay. of taekwondo okay that's why they put all the world champions over there and to fight the world championship again, and with uh, with uh, with the Japanese guys, and they came from all kinds of different kinds of uh, uh, martial arts. Yeah? also guys from uh, from Holland came from the kickboxing. There were karate guys were there also. They were joining. You know, they came from all kinds of all kind of martial arts. They put in there in Tokyo, and they called it the King of Taekwondo. And there were all the the best fighters from all the weight classes. They put in the, in the ring over there, and that's why it's called uh, the King of Taekwondo. It was. Everybody wanted to fight over there, and uh, I was lucky to fight there three times, and I won. Uh, I won it two times, so for me it was a, it was a great, it was a great tournament. Yeah, like I said, it's an awesome, it's a cool title to have. The you know King of Thailand. It, it's, cool you know, it's a cool title with big you know. trophies. Yeah, with big trophies, <laughs> and a big check. That's <laughs> the most important one that everybody wanted to fight over there because uh. of the check. The check was okay. The check was not bad. You know. When you come back, you go. You have to go to Texas to Holland, but after all, you know, it, it was it was very nice, and it was a well well sponsored, well organized uh, tournament. They took very good care of us, you know. So, and uh, that was that was it famous about you know uh, everything is paid for you, your flights, your accommodation, and you can win you can win money. What do you want more? Oh, definitely. Do you think we'd ever see? A, <laughs> do, you, do you ever think you, do you
0: think we could see something like that kind of rent today?
1: Yeah, if I win the jackpot from uh, the the three hundred million dollars, we can you can expect maybe that. But nowadays, I don't think anymore. No, it's uh, it's a lot of money because uh, look at our ITF. If you put all the world champions together, they come from all over the world, pay all the flight tickets, pay a hotel, and then you have to host a big tournament. You know, and if you never organize a big tournament, there's there's a lot more for the big tournament to organize than. The, let the guys flew in, and and just uh, participate in your tournament. Yeah,
0: it's a, like, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame though. I, I think it would be cool to see something like that run today. Uh,
1: if somebody could do it, really, yeah. if somebody could do it, it's or uh, my uh, brother-in-law, of course, my brother uh, uh, Tomas Barada, or Tim Cole. Yeah, he can run. He can run. A, he can run a tournament very good. So, I think there's two guys, and the third one, and he can make it worldwide, is uh, Master Joan de Silva, also from the Dragon Warrior. He can can do that also because he's got some good connections, and then it's going to be on TV. That's what we need. Have the squad (laughs) really, really grow, yeah,
0: yeah. So, there, so. Of your two world titles in ITF Taekwondo,
1: what, what years were they? You said the first one was nineteen ninety, is that correct? Is that yeah that was nineteen ninety in Montreal and Canada? And then the next one. Uh, the second world championship was in Pyongyang. I became second. I was lost from Guangzhou. And then afterwards came Malaysia, ninety-four. And if you speak uh, the OGs, they will all say ninety-four was one of the best world championships ever. And I became uh, I, I I won from Tomas in the finals again 1990 in the finals I won from him in Canada and now in Malaysia again, so um, yeah it was one of the best best tournaments you know the accommodation was brilliant the weather was good the place was nice you know if it if it was the best organized I don't know you know I hear a lot of stories and if I uh, hear uh, Grandmaster Boss he did a he did a great job organizing. And uh, after it was a mess, he did a great job because afterwards, it, for me, it was one of the best world championships ever.
0: And with it, was there? I've seen some clips. Was there? Was there mats and all that? Was there mats at that at that world championships? I've seen yeah. some clips at, around just maybe kind of yeah. that time where there wasn't where there wasn't mats. It was kind of just timber floor and had it kind of develop. How you had mats came into being in competition at that time? Yeah,
1: we. we I, I, what I can remember, we had mats, and uh, there there were two rings of spectators. There were like. Uh, Every day, that time it was just run in four days. Huh? No, three three days. Just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every day, five thousand people in. Can you imagine, five thousand people in? And uh, what I remember, <laughs> what I remember the most for the for the for the competitors, they had in every corner of the hall. They had the you know the the chocolate milk Milo. Yeah. They had, like, what you see also by the, by the Gatorade, the big Gatorade, uh, uh, how do you say? I don't know how you call it. Bottles? Right. Yeah, the uh, big, big bottles were on the side. They, you just could get your own chocolate milk the whole day. There were cold chocolate milks you can got, get the whole day. You know, they, they, they provide everything for the players. So, there was, for us, it was a good tournament.
0: Yeah, awesome. So then, like, when did when did then you kind of take up into more more kickboxing and K1 or Muay Thai and MMA? When did you kind of transition
1: more into that? I transitioned in um like uh, late 90s, nine, 1999 2000. I uh, I got a question from uh from a friend of mine. I was working that time at the doors and uh, in the discotheques. and uh, he asked me, can you work with me? It was a uh, it was a big <laughs> nobody know big gambling hall. So, we were there and doing security for uh, for a guy. He came up to me. He said, uh, I heard uh, you're one of the best fighters here in the in the city, here in Groningen, where I live. I said, yes, that's correct. I said, it depends on what you think is best. He says, so you're world champion. I said, yes. He said to me, he asked me, are you interested to do an MMA fight? I said, why not? At that time, I almost won everything. I did a WT. I did WACO. I did, uh, I did a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, martial arts. But then to ask me for MMA, it's more like a fighting sport. It's not like, yeah, it's called mixed martial arts. But on the other hand, it's not like taekwondo, karate or kung fu or something like that. So I yeah, said to him, okay, let's do this. But he lives uh, two hours away from me. So we, uh, I traveled with a friend of mine who also got into MMA. He's two times world champion, pencak Silat. That's Indonesian kind of martial arts. And then we went up training. And then uh, from that time, it was 1990, 2000, we started, uh, we started MMA. And how did you kind of find that, uh, that transition to being a, full, a
0: stand-up fighter to suddenly the, the grappling and the wrestling? How did you transition to that?
1: Uh, um, I, I thought the, the wrestling was really... Uh, I loved it. I loved the floor work. I, at that time, I, I I did very well. For a taekwondo guy, I did very well. Because that time, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was not that hot as, as it is now. So we did a lot of uh, Roman wrestling, Greek wrestling, that kind of stuff in the gym. And uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't. I trained with Sammy Schultz, uh, the 4 times K1 champion. I trained uh, with him, with his trainer. We trained like five years in a row five days a week starting in the morning and uh, in the evening started uh, uh, training two times a day and then teaching taekwondo uh, besides uh, besides all that so um, you know uh, the the grappling and and uh, the floor work if you if you're into that and i think a lot of guys from taekwondo are doing brazil jiu-jitsu now because they see the intelligence and the comparison with the stand-up with the floor work it's nice and at that time uh, I was a really a stand-up fighter, and uh, I I joined that time the Golden Glory team, and that's that's why also my name, the Dragon comes from. And that uh, at that time I uh, I uh, I trained a lot with Semi Kickboxing MMA because he was king of Pancras in Japan, so I did a lot of uh, ground fighting with him, so I learned a lot of him uh, for the for the floor work. Yeah, but I suppose you nearly work kind of a mixed martial artist. From a very
0: uh, in terms of stand-up, because like you said, you were competing WT ITF. There was kickboxing. So in terms of a stand-up, you kind of were a mixed martial artist uh, on the feet. It was just then you had to add in the you add in the wrestling. Like you were used to fighting different styles anyway from a
1: young age. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, for me, the the the, the transitions from uh, standing up to the to the to the ground, they were quite uh, easy to do. Because my my uh, my uh, my instructor that time Dave Jonkers uh, had semi shield fighting in uh, in uh, in Pancras that time and later on in Pride, uh, he was a karate guy, but he's two meters thirteen centimeters. Yeah, huh? so big. <laughs> uh, he's a huge guy. You know, in his uh, uh, he his foot size is fifty two. You know, so when I get the abjecti to my to my to my body. It went from his heel from my groin protector to his big toe under my chin. You know, that was how he hit, how, he, how his foot hit my body. You know, and I had it a few times I was flying. It was, Jamie, I'm not kidding. I flew five meters in the air when he kicked me or he needed me. You know, I go like, and then instructor Dave was laughing. He said, Yes, that's your own fault. You know, I said, Yeah. I kicked him to his head or I punched him to his head with, with the jumping punch, you know, boom. Yeah. Very nice. You know, I said, no, not often a guy from 2 meters 13 got punched in the face. You know, if that was my only job in the lesson in one hour to punch one in his face, I will do. And then I knew for that, you get punished. Uh, most of the time I get a front kick or whatever and I flew like four or five meters in the room. Or If it was worse, he grabbed me and I, he beat me and then I, uh, then I flew three meters but a little bit higher than when he kicked the front kick. But, you know, in the end, it's 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 just nice, you know. I you have to have fun when you do this.
0: And how did you find going from t- from
1: tatami sports to stepping into a, a cage? You know, that's um, and into a ring. It's different, you know. If you if you used to tatami, what I was, of course, yeah. And then you come into the ring the first time, you go like, oh shit, you know, I can't go nowhere. I cannot step out to take a breath or just look at my father and say. I'm thirsty, just give me the bottle, I can drink, you know, and the referee says, come in, come in, hurry up, no way, you go into the ropes, and you think, holy shit, and now I have to, now I have to get my defense up, because he will, he will punch me in my face, you know, it's, it's like, you go from open air to claustrophobia, something like that, that's the comparison, from Totami to the ring, for me, that time, yeah, I've uh... Uh, kind of a couple of guys have said the same. Like uh, Ryan Shelley
0: was when he was on recently enough. He was kind of saying the same that when you hear the the lock of the cage, the kind of lock of the cage, uh, it's a, it's a different feeling to when you're stepping onto the tatamis in a in taekwondo or kickboxing. To you yeah, know, and, and, so and, and, you know where to go. It's it's a, it's on. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fight.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I uh, I did a I did a uh, training in Rochla with Ryan. You know, we did some floor work with, uh, our, of course, our, our great man, Zal Galasic, who fought yeah. in dream. And, and, and then, you know, he, he's, he's such a good guy. He's such a big guy. And uh, I trained with Ryan. And, you know, when you come into the cage or into the ring, you know, the referee will stop the fight only if you got choked, if you got knocked out. You know, it's not about you have an injury or you know you turn away and get a warning. There's no warning. Yeah, there's a warning when you bite or kick the groin or pull his hair or spit on him or whatever. <laughs> but till that time, the referee decides when it's going to be stopped. It's only when you tap out or you knock out. So that's a whole other story, also. You know, and and that can bring you fear.
0: Yeah, of 100%. I believe it. Yeah, you tried it. <laughs> not something i've tried yet i've only been in, in taekwondo but maybe something i'll try at some stage to, to get that feeling okay. of to get that feeling of uh of like you said yeah only the only way out is to leave the guy unconscious or it goes to a decision you
1: know or he leaves
0: you unconscious <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's also yeah that that happens to that happened to me in uh, in 2008 i was fighting in an arena there was 20,000 people joining me you know you come up and it was in the amsterdam arena do you know the football stadium yeah, it was half. It was they call it a theater. It's half. It's like twenty thousand people. You come up from out of the, the the cellar. You come up, and then you look around yourself, and you go like, "Holy shit!" Twenty thousand people go yelling and screaming. And then I fought with Peri Ubera, and he also fight in the King of the Ring. He's um, uh, he's also a lightweight. He was uh, originally from kickboxing, and uh, at that time you don't get. We call it you don't get any cookies anymore to fight. They got real men to fight with you. And when you fight the arena, you cannot come with some guy who is doing three matches or whatever. And this guy did 140 Muay Thai fights or something like that. And then uh, we did a a full contact uh, uh, kickboxing bout. And it was the last 15 seconds of the fifth round. He made the dory chuck to my face and I went knock out for 10 minutes. I was laying down on the floor. 10 minutes. And then you go like... Holy shit, you know? Yeah, shit happens. It's part of the game. So, uh, it's, it's, it's not that I, it never happened to me. It also happened to me, you know? I dropped a little bit my hand and uh, the Dolio Chaki came straight over with the shin on my, on my head. It was like black. And did you, you, know? did you remember the shot or did you have to watch the video back? Do you remember it? Uh, no, I didn't remember it. I just remember it just dropping my hand. Then it was black. And then the referee was pulling out my mouth guard. I said, and I said to him, what are you doing? I still have to fight. <laughs> and he said to me, Steph, fight is over. And then I knew, then I knew I was knocked out. You know, people talk about it. You will see, you see it on television. You know, like people go like, Hey, what are you doing? I have to fight. And then, you know, Hey, mister, you were on the floor. What's the same with me? You know, get yeah. a dolly to my face. It was like black. I went up and the referee was pulling my, my mouth guard. I go like, Holy shit. Okay you know you get a concussion for 2 weeks but after that life starts again
0: Well, at least at least when you're when you're coaching you know, and, and teaching when you when you're telling people to maybe keep their hands
1: up you you have the experience behind it that they know why i can tell they can even look yeah. it up on youtube or whatever <laughs> you know it's not it's not a secret but uh but it's not it's it's not fun you know but uh, it's also good uh, when you when you had that you know you always remember what happens with your students when it, when it's uh when it happens when he goes knock out what to do you know and uh, we had a uh, european championships in italy and tim Cole was fighting the final i was coaching him and uh the referee was uh uh, f- uh from belgium and uh she said choke and after the choke came the dolly chucky to tim's face but he dro- after the choke he dropped his hands yeah and then he got the dolly to his face, and he he slept. He fell down on the floor, and I just ran up to him, put him on his side, and took out of his mouth guard. Because that's important, you know, to see if he didn't swallow his tongue. You know, that's most important. Otherwise, it, seconds can be too late. Yeah. You know, in the end, the the, the, the the hit to your own head makes you more careful for the other for other persons. You know, and that's always a there was a nice learning point in life. <laughs> so then when. When you started
0: did you when you start teaching then did you take over your, your your father's club or was did you start your own school
1: uh, I, I start now i, I did uh, uh, teach in my father's gym and i do only the teaching over there with the kickboxing and i uh, start my own gym now so i have a, i have a, i have a cool place a cool dojang uh, with a friend of mine who's got a, the biggest kickboxing school in uh, in our town in Groningen it's uh, uh, kickboxing groningen He's got like I think more or less 300 guys, 300 uh, kickboxing guys. So I started that two years ago with uh, with the taekwondo. So my father's got his gym, and uh, I've got my gym.
0: And uh, so how is that going in terms of then uh, developing world and European champions out of there?
1: Oh, good. It's it's just stays the same, you know. Otherwise, you have from different kind of places in Groningen. The people come train with you, so uh, I've got a lot of uh, good kids coming up, and you know, uh, uh, for now the kids uh, are the future. So uh, I'm I'm very happy. I've have some talented uh, talented kids to work with. So uh, for me, for the future, it uh, looks good. Yeah, and
0: do you find a different um, sense of achievement or an enjoyment and coaching them and seeing them succeed to win? I suppose it's it's different when. They're winning, and and you're coaching them, as opposed to when you are the person fighting and you are the person coming out, and the buzz you get off of coming out in front of twenty thousand people. It's a, it's a, it's a change. It's
1: it's a, it's a change, but uh, it's a it's a good change because um, I can understand when you say that. You know, I can understand when you uh, sit in, sit down and coach juniors. You prefer to fight yourself. You know, for me, <laughs> yeah, I did all of that, Jamie. I did all of that. I fight in MMA. I fight in kickboxing, taekwondo. Even uh, karate world championships in in Tokyo. The Hokutoku championships with the, with the mask in front. Where you can make the elbows to the face, the hot butts. And you can, can sweep. And you can throw. You know, I fought a lot of styles. So, for me, when I stopped, it was really a stop. You know, sometimes you think, ah, should I come back? Or should I? Do? I No. For me, it's the, the best experience for me. Is to to coach people who become champion, you know. If it's a club member or not a club member, you know, you all got the same goal to be a champion, you know. And I feel, I know the feeling of it, how to be, uh, how to be a champion, how to become a champion, you know. So all the emotions within is the best thing, you know, for me. So for me, uh, if you say uh, it's a difference, yes, but the difference, I, it's all changed in me. So I, I I will never say, oh, I wish I was there fighting. No, you know, I know how you feel when, it got, when you become a champion and I'm happy that you have that feeling because there's no better way. There's no better way to be to be a champion and the feeling also. Yeah, so do you feel like you, you got some good closure maybe on your time as a competitor having, comp-
0: having been a champion, having competed in so many different styles that when you decided to maybe call it a
1: day that you, you, you were happy that at that point you had achieved what maybe you wanted to achieve? Yeah. Yeah, also, but you know what the, the funniest part is? You know, you fight still. in the, I fight still with the guys in the gym. I spar with them and that kind of thing. But I, I told you about the knockout uh, story, you know? Then, that was for me a closure, you know? When you go knockout, you have to stop, you know? Not because you're knockout. You know, that's 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 a sign that, you, that it's, it's finished. Just stop. Just finished, you know? And then, because a lot of times you see guys knocking down, coming back, knocking down, coming back. One, it's not good for your health. And two, you got already a sign that you go knock out. Just there's other things to do for you. And that for me was coaching and of course teaching, uh, in uh, in uh, in other countries what I do with the Dragon Warrior tour. You know, just share our knowledge.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that then because um, t- uh, Tim Tim Cool when he was on the podcast. He had said that after the World Championships in 2015, where he had, I think he said he had an injury in that, and after you kind of came and said to him, "No, look, it's it's time for you. It's time to call it a day now and focus on coaching." That you kind of you recognized for him that it was time to maybe move on uh, and go into something else.
1: You know, uh, yeah, I had I had a long, big talk, a short, big talk with Tim. You know, he's a very talented guy. And uh, we 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 discussed a lot of things. How he, he would uh, become a, a European champion twice, you know. Uh, it was unlucky that he didn't went into uh, the further rounds for his for his injuries. He could not walk anymore. Nothing, you know. But he's a good teacher. He's a good athlete, and he, he's a good uh, he's a good businessman. And in the end, you know, he's doing well. He's doing good, you know. When you go on, you go on. You cannot put focus on the, the rest of the things. You should put your focus on. It's the same for me, you know, and uh, nowadays uh, he's doing very well with his schools, with his tournaments. Unlucky for the coronavirus, for the Holland Cup, of course. But, uh, you know, things go and I will do the Dragon Warrior tours with Master Johan. So, we will, uh, you know, things go on after after competition.
0: And so then, like, uh, Holland, the 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 Netherlands team is growing quite a lot. I find that the last well it seems to me that the uh, it's the numbers are growing and the the amount of medals that the team is taking at international level is uh, is growing. And um, do you hope to see that continue? And what do you think that's maybe down to? The last one I did not hear because you were sorry. Uh, so I the, the the national team, the Netherlands national team is is grow is growing quite a bit the last few years to maybe what it was before, and you're starting to see. Like the Netherlands take more medals, what do you think that's down to, and do you think that the team will continue to grow?
1: Oh, we hope, to, uh, we, of course, we hope uh, that uh, the, the team will grow. It, it also depends, you know, normally we would have uh, the European Championships already, you know, so you can see uh, what uh, people gonna do, you know, seniors saying goodbye, or seniors staying, or juniors are busy with school. Or whatever you know, and see what the next uh, next few, uh, the next generation is doing. Uh, for the last European Championships, we had, and I was very proud of it. I think we had eight or nine new new boys and girls in the team, mainly girls, but a lot new. So for me, that's that's, uh, that's a good sign that uh, that we have a lot of uh, potential in Holland to keep the to, to keep the team growing. And, of course, everybody saw a small team the last few years. And we made a bigger team. Bigger team and uh, the girls did very well. You know, and I say especially the girls because they, they, they got the most medals. The boys didn't. But Sabum Tim did a great job in uh, Sarajevo, uh, in Bosnia, with, uh, with the junior team. And uh, it was very good to see that uh, they did very well. You know, and that was they they were they were outside themselves and they did very good also guys uh we who you didn't expect to be at that level they grew, you know, and that's so good to see that there's a development within the whole group, and we hope to continue, but uh it all depends on uh after this crisis, what's gonna happen you know everything's going forward world championships, world cups or European championships they are all gonna be removed on another date so we are also a little bit uh, waiting for that, how it, how it's going to be. Yeah, because it's good, it's good to see maybe uh, Holland
0: building back up that team because obviously there's uh, fighters who will be legends in the sport like yourself and there's others that people there who, who will be from previously on the, the very successful with Holland. And so that then, like you said, they, it dropped off for a little bit. So it's nice to see one of the countries who are known to be successful in the sport start to build back up again.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's also like uh, of course, uh, Master Yeru. This uh, is I know him a long time. It's also a, a friend, and he said, "Yeah, where is Holland? We always compete with Holland, and now there's nobody. Nobody could understand what happened, you know." But nowadays, uh, I came back in two thousand fourteen. I think the coach had to European Championships from Sweden. At that time, there was a lot of movement with uh, the other guys within the team, but now we have a. We have a, a solid, uh, solid management with uh, uh, Vincent Freison and, of course, Tim With the three of us. We're doing quite well, you know, and, uh, and I hope we can continue. And it's all about uh, giving the trust a little bit in, uh, in our competitors, that they can trust us a little bit and uh, that they can trust our knowledge, you know, and that's most important for us now. So, you, you've mentioned already as well the, the Dragon Warrior Tour.
0: How did that kind of... Uh... How did that come about between yourself and uh, Master Johan de Silva?
1: Ah, I was there in uh, what's uh, like two, three years ago. Yeah, I had a master, a masterclass, sparring masterclass, and uh, it went and went that well that we said, uh, "Why don't we do this together?" And from from that day on, it was like, "Go," you know. Uh, we compliment each other very good. Like Master Hutter, last time I saw us in Trinidad. He said, okay, now I understand why you're working together or why you're doing this, you know? Because uh, I don't know if you ever saw Master Johan teaching. Obviously, he taught a lesson. But he is so wow. brilliant. We were in, uh, no, you have to see it. We were in, uh, in, uh, in the USA with uh, Sabum Titus in uh, uh, Titus Taekwondo. It was brilliant, you know, with the kids. We, no, we teach everybody. So, when we came to the states, and then uh, master uh, uh, some Titus asked us, "Yeah, uh, would you please teach our kids?" we said no problem we te- we-, we taught kids from four to six years old, you know, and Master Johan c- can teach brilliant, and uh, he's funny, so the kids like that also, you know, and that makes that makes the team really working, you know and uh, from that on, uh, we teach all over the world together.
0: Yeah, like I said, another another maybe another vehicle that's helped you see some nice parts of the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you follow us on uh, on Instagram with uh, with Trinidad or not?
0: I saw some I saw some bits, yeah, and like uh, what looked like I don't know was it like Mardi
1: Gras or I don't know if that's the actual name for what it was, but a, carnival, a, a carnival, yeah, that was it. it uh, yeah, carnival, yeah, yeah. Also, that kind of things, Jamie, will go on your way it was not a bucket list we do we were we were going there for uh, for the seminar and for a tournament we were going there uh, to see um, we were invited so we go there and then we, we landed we said oh we have a we have a small tour for you for you these days so that was including the carna- the carnival so in the end we see a lot of places we did a lot of a lot of fun things you know and that's what I said at the beginning of the interview you know when you do this do this because you want to have a lot of fun, you know. You do to enjoy, and uh, of course, you want to be a champion. But you can only do this if you are a champion, you know. And then, yeah. then you could do, then you could do all those funny stuff. But you know, we all put in hard work. You know, we we're all all little kids when we started. I was eight years old that I started with Grandmaster Boss and my father, Master Vino Tapilato. You know, and that takes till now forty eight years to accomplish what we do now. So yeah, some some people study. We study taekwondo. (laughs) Somebody go to school, we go to the school of taekwondo and then we do things like this, you know, at the end. Uh, So uh, what
0: what um what places were on the were on the calendar for the rest of the year that maybe have been cancelled now? What what where was the Dragon Warrior Tour going to go?
1: Uh, the Dragon Warrior Tour. Um we we wanted to go to uh to uh to Argentina. But also there the economy is not that good it's bad it's uh, unlucky for them because uh, Argentina is a place that I wanted to go again. We were of course with the 1990 uh, the, the world championships in uh, in Buenos Aires. I've been uh, two times more in Buenos Aires before but uh, Argentina is was was one of our bucket listings that we wanted to do with the seminar the Dragon Warrior and uh, for the rest was it was quite quite uh quiet, how you say you wanted to go to uh to Rockla, to of course the barada cap, but uh, with all those things you never know what happens you don't know what uh, government decides uh, what to do or where to go yeah so, so uh do you think the
0: World cup is going to go ahead
1: Pooh i hope I really hope because there was so there was so uh, there was so much effort in it. So uh, Thomas put so much effort in it with uh, with all the kinds of things the 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 clips. Uh, I know of course all the people who were uh, who were working on it, you know, and helping on it. So I hope because those things, if you say you know uh, to organize, it's going to be very sad if, if it's not going uh, if it's not uh, on uh, this year. Yeah.
0: And what what did you think of it going to be going to be open to some other ITF organizations? Do you think that would have been something cool to, to have at the World Cup?
1: Um uh one thing you have to uh understand a little bit is that uh, I came from uh two times world champion when General Chair was still alive. You know, General Chair was still alive. So for me, let's make it clear, I have no problems with other federations because all my friends from that time where I fought Wang Sul or is it Simakov or is the guys from Greece uh, Nikolaosis it doesn't matter they're all friends of mine if I go to Greece I can go to him you know but I cannot fight with him because he's from another federation for me that's a little bit stupid for me if you say if other, other ITFs are invited please let's do that It can only be for the good. It it cannot be for the bad, you know. For us, as competitors, you have more competition. You have more different kind of people, different kind of styles where you can fight with or do the patterns with or break or whatever, you know. And you will meet new people, you know, and have more fun and enjoy more together Taekwondo. You know, that's all about. So for me, the answer to your question, let everybody join. Yeah, there's a. It was
0: something I was maybe looking forward to if they were going to be in as as a competitor to maybe compete, like you said, against some new people. Because I'm I'm at the point where I've been in minus fifty seven for quite a bit of time, and I fought a lot of the same people more than once. So it, it's nice yeah. to it would have been nice to maybe potentially have some some new people
1: with with a different style. To like you said, it's a, it's it's a different challenge. It's it's something new. It's something fun. And that that's why I can I can imagine the question. You know, why is the King of Taekwondo, so so nice because we had that all the guys, you know, all the champions together and fighting again, only champions with you know, Japanese guys, you will never fight because they will never come on. And there were some good guys, you know, there were some good guys, so you never know what happens. So that's why it's, it's, it's always good to have some more uh competition for yourself, you know, with different kind of people. Yeah. And that's why I thought that's why I fought into the MMA. And the kickboxing because I had more um, how do you say uh, we call it uitdaging, you know and 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 the, I think uh, Ryan Shelley said the same I think you know yeah he wanted, he wanted to to do something different and uh yeah and he does now so uh hope he's doing good well then
0: like we say you've been, you've you've been around for quite quite a while and they, they did it. yeah I would imagine the the, the, the style has, has changed a lot from maybe when you, you would have first started. What what do you make of kind of the change of maybe I suppose old school versus new school kind of. What do you think in ah, the way? What, what do you think in the way sparring funny, has
1: evolved? Funny, funny, funny. Because that l- makes me look old. Because <laughs> that's the fir- you are the third one who asked me that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I come I come from another another. Yeah, I come from old school. Old school, different rules. The contact was a little bit harder. Uh, when you see all the, the clips I posted on Instagram or Facebook, um, it's it, it, it's totally different, you know? We have uh, a an, uh, an development within the ITF that makes hard uh, contact impossible. Uh, for the safety of the people, I think, maybe. Yeah, but at that time, we fought the, the small Nokia or macho gloves and then we put straight into the face and then you would say, okay, the first time you think, oh, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's really hard. But, you know, after 10 years, it's, it's normal. You know, you, you know how to fight with it. So, um, when, when I compare, I was brought up by hard fighting, you know, and, uh, and uh, also good technical fighting, but it's, it's not possible anymore. Uh, luckily, I don't have to do it. I only have to teach the new style. <laughs> I have to say to my students, you know, grabbing minus point. Too hard contact, minus point. Blood nose, uh, bloody nose, maybe you're disqualified. You know, I can only teach what I have to think about. You know, for the rest, what can I say? Uh, did I like more the old school? Uh, yes, but I'm privileged because I fought in that. And maybe I'm privileged because I cannot fight this style. Not as good as I fight the old style. So, but maybe for the people who fight... It's, it's I think it's the the mix of old school new school I think that would be funny a little bit more you know maybe, maybe a little bit more contact you know yep. better with warnings for running away or whatever because at that time when we fighting there was not that many there was movement but there was no running away nowhere that you not not, not in your brain was thinking about turning your back on your opponent never and then and then try to run you know, the first time I saw that I go, like, we're here to fight. We're not here to run. that That's all the old guys would say that. We're here to fight. We're here not to run. So, why don't you stand still or move and then fight with me? That—that that was his, That's what the sport is all about. You know, it's self-defense. So, if somebody comes up to you, you have to defend yourself. Oh, you have to fight. You have to fight them.
0: Well, I agree. I, I would like, as a competitor, I would like to maybe see the contact... Not be as strict. Let a let a bit more contact go, and um, I think it would allow for some very good matches to to take place. Like sometimes some good matches are being ruined because of contact, The the minus points are being given. So I would like to see maybe is, a bit more contact, it is, it... and and okay. I think even a lot, and and I think a lot of the same people. Like, I don't think it changes the people who would win. I think that the people who are winning would still win because the best people win, and so I think it would just make for a better a better spectacle if some contact was allowed, a bit more contact was allowed.
1: Okay, okay, but that's interesting. That's an interesting, interesting thing you said. But uh, if you want that uh, to allow a little bit more uh, contact, is it then the competitors or is it the referee then who has to change?
0: The referee, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's 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 always the the opinion of the referee what is hard, what is not. You know, um, I did a little bit refereeing in Trinidad. You know. I did uh, because of the black belts. You know, they didn't have any good referees who are, uh, you know, had any experience. Let's say that way. Okay, that time I was refereeing. For me, it's a punch like this. It's not hard for the other referee. It's hard. He will give a warning. I will go like, okay, if you punch like that, you get a punch harder back because the punch didn't say anything to me. If you punch me like that, I will punch you harder. You know and there it goes, you know, and then we'll say, okay. Then, as a referee, you have to make for yourself a decision: what is hard, what is not, you know. And that's that's the difference between, you know, every bout. You, you saw it in 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 London. You you don't know what what is hard, what is not. You know, every referee is different. Yeah, but
0: I think I think back to like the in the plus eighty five where you had Bartosz fighting uh, Sebastian, and like they're big guys and. Like they're going to have the the punches are going to sound heavy because they're big guys hitting each other. So yeah, but then you're giving out, they finish with two minus points each, and then it but it, it changes like the match. Then both people, both guys, are they afraid to punch because if they punch, are they going to get disqualified? And it changes the match where you know both guys were both guys. I think were the punches weren't super hard maybe they were hard because and it may I think they sounded worse because it's big guys. I would maybe like to see it go a little bit and, and see what happens and, and not have my min- and not have minus points deciding to fight. Let let the, let the competitors
1: decide the fight. But on what point you make you for yourself set or make the decision Bartos or, or Sheba did not punch hard? On, on how do how can how can you decide that? How did you decide it? Just just tell me how did you decide it because then I will say, okay, you're right or you're not or maybe it's something different. It it like it it sounded
0: hard. It sounded heavy, but I just kind of felt that you know, some it was even. There wasn't one guy that was way stronger than the other guy and who was being way overpowered. That like it was even. There were some heavy punches. They're two big guys. Who, First, who
1: was the referee? Oh, I I can't remember. Honestly, okay. I, can't, I can't remember. You know you know the most important thing I think I think is as a referee, you also uh, must be emotionally uh developed as you uh, if you were a fighter, you knew re- you know right away what is too hard and what's not, because as a fighter you give one and you also take one, you know and that's the line because what, that's what I think eh? if a referee never have had a fight in competition on a high level you know it's different to make a, a, a decision about how hard the punch was that's what you say for me it was not a, it sounded hard but it was not a hard punch you know so you don't know what uh master otterson uh said in the, in the in the in the in the in the meeting with the referees yeah. you know he says Sound hard, minus point, because then it's hard. You know, you never know what it said, you know. So we don't know the rules. And so we don't know the rules. It's also about, do we understand the referees? Do the referees understand us? So what we have now is an athletic commission and a coaching commission. And I hope we all work together to make, also with the referee, referees uh, committee, that they will say, okay, let's hear what the athletes have to say. Let's hear what the coaches have to say and make a rule what you said, maybe you have a little bit more contact. Maybe it's possible. You never know. Yeah. As I think, like, you know, obviously, the, the, you say Taekwondo
0: is is light contact or semi contact, but but it's not. It's it's like, it, like you're trying to hit as hard as you can without making it look like you were trying to hit the person as hard as you could. It's that kind of thing. It's like you're trying to hurt the person without trying to look like you're going to hurt them to some degree. You know what I mean? To, with,
1: within a kind of sport. You, 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 you sound a little bit like me. <laughs> you Know, I I want to hit him and I hurt him a little bit, but you know, but um, uh, and I, I will hear somebody else talking to my head, you know, and that's going to be maybe a, a grandmaster or a, a, a committee from the referees who will say, Yeah, no, you score a point, you can score, score a point also light and fast. Why you why you have to hurt him, you know, that's the point,
0: <laughs> yeah. But like you said, it's a to, as a competitor, it's it's a fight you know It's, that kind of, it's like yeah. you know, we, we want that competition we want tough competition yeah. we want it's kind of it's, I think it's and I think it's in most competitors that they, they they like to because they can sometimes you can get that feeling in training because you know you, you can hit harder in training because where's the referee to say stop and a lot of people enjoy that and then you, you want to continue that when you go to competition
1: yeah but how do you do that then for you example huh? and then you have a referee and you start fighting then you make the first punch or you make the first kick you know how do you decide how hard you can kick or hard how, how hard you you gonna punch in that in that match? I think it's you generally you do what you're going to do and then if the referee kind of and then if the referee
0: kind of says no, that's too hard then maybe you try to make a change and if they don't then you just continue on okay. I don't think you, can you know ever re- you
1: know all the referees or not
0: oh, i I know faces I know the, the names not so much um, but you know how they re- do you
1: know how they referee uh, some of them. I have an idea, but some of them. Not all of them. Okay. Okay. In my day, when I, when I fought, I knew every referee. Not by name. Only by face. Because that's the most important thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I hope there's going to be referees now listening. who are like, oh, you, you know? <laughs> my father and me always said, okay, let's see what happens. You know, I we had a style with very hard job chuckies, Quite strong punches. Dolly Chuckies, you know? It's, it's kind of a, a tactic of what you use to fight. Okay, cool. What I did is I start and I give the, give the, my opponent, I give him a punch, you know? Bam. A, quite a hard punch. If you see what the referee is doing and he says nothing, then you know, Jamie, we can go. That's how we did it, you know? Don't start too light because you always know you're too light and he punches you hard in the face and he gets nothing. You go like, okay. You want to be first. I did first. something wrong here. You want to be yeah. first. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. So, so that's how how I did it as a competitor. You know, I don't know if it's still working now because we did it on podcast now, or you have to cut it. But you know, <laughs> you know it, this is uh, no, 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 no. But that's that's how that's that's how that's how we did it. And I think, I think also, uh, also uh, competitors will do it now uh, to see what the referee is doing, and then they can go then they make the balance where we should go with the power or not.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I think that's something similar. It's, you kind of have, you, you go in, you fight as normal, you don't really think about it and then the first kind of exchange might happen and then you kind of wait and see if, if the referee gives a minus point or it doesn't, then you kind of decide, well, okay, I guess it's okay then. If you yeah. get a minus point, then maybe you need to adjust. But I don't yeah. think, like for me, I wouldn't go into the fight like looking at, oh, it's this referee today or I have to fight a certain way because... It just doesn't come into my head. I'm more so thinking about my opponent and my own performance. And then it's kind of, when you get into the match, if the referee is going to have an effect on the match, then then you adjust in the match, not not beforehand.
1: No, no, that's true. That's true. But it's always nice to know what the referee is doing. If you When you have your own tactics, you know? Maybe you have your tactics and you worry about your opponent and your tactics. But the referee is... Uh, it's not as good as you think he is, you know. And he gives you minus points for what you know. And you think okay, or, or 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 warnings for what you think that is normal in your fight. So that's why we always test first, what the referee is going to do, and then we go. You know, yeah. you always have, uh, you always, you always know how to fight in different kind of uh, tactics. That was what we did. Yeah, like I think it's
0: a, it's it's an interesting chat. I think I think we could nearly be here all day with with that one and. Um, and yeah. what we think and the referees, but I think I just have one more question before uh, we kind of finish up. Is uh, your favorite and um, your favorite fighter? Who would be your favorite fighter of all time? It doesn't necessarily have to be taekwondo. It could be
1: any sport. Who would you be your favorite fighter to watch? Oh, my favorite fighter to watch is it's it's um uh, that's uh, that's that's quite difficult because uh, uh, let's say. If I, if I have to choose, I just choose taekwondo fight. I just keep it here. Then I choose for Paul Germain. And Paul Germain was at uh, that time when he was fast as hell at that time. And his legs were unbelievable. His fists were not that good as his legs, but it was, uh, it was an eye-opener for me how to move and with speed to kick, you know? And, uh, and at, at the end, I met him. He's a, he's a great guy. And uh, we had a lot of fun. And uh, that's why I meet also other other uh, competitors from Canada and from Argentina and more. So uh, for me, if I have to say, Paul jume. Nice. So uh, I, like a, a different one.
0: But uh, I, I think we'll wrap it up there. And uh, like I said, thanks a million for coming on. and. I've really enjoyed some of the stories. You're 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 a true fighter in the sense of the word across a lot of a <laughs> lot of sports. So uh, thank and, you, and hopefully we'll be back
1: uh, back training. Hopefully we'll get to maybe have a World Cup this year and uh, and get to compete and fight. Thank you very much for the podcast to be in, and uh, I hope we have the World. C- we also have a World Cup. I, I I to hope to see everybody. You know, I hope people can travel, and uh, then we have a nice talk and have a have a coffee or something, and then. Uh, I wish you uh, a good day thank you, you very much for hosting me
0: thanks very much coming on all the best okay.
1: all the best to you too bye- bye